Hey everybody, just wanted to give you a heads up. This episode has gradually improving audio <clears throat> thanks to the fact that my cat fucked up my cord and I figured that out progressively whilst recording this episode. Um, love you guys. You're the you're all absolute best. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. Please enjoy this episode. And again, I'm aware that the audio sucks at the beginning and kind of in the middle, but is good at the end. Um, my apologies. And please enjoy the best as you can. Hello, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am recording this for you on a random Tuesday where I'm trying to get things done um, and trying to get back to normal, whatever that means for myself, so that I can have a routine and I am consistently able to put all of the effort that I really want to put into everything that I create or that I create with Justine or create with Matilda or any of the wonderful guests um, slash podcasters that I work with. If I sound tired, it's because I am, but I am also very happy to be here. Uh, for those of you that didn't see the post, I apologize for being MIA for a few weeks. because <laughs> I am the editor and sometimes I, you know, I just, not sometimes, I need to be in the groove and I need to be fully dedicated to edit for it to sound good. And why on earth would I put something out there that doesn't sound good? Um, and so just because my standards for production are high, at least for me, I know I'm not going to win a prize. Um, I just couldn't fit it in. It just was a big ask of myself and I'm working really hard on not doing every single thing possible because I'm afraid to say no. Or I'm afraid to do to not do something um, and also there's just been you know everybody's okay but there has been a lot of health have been a lot of health scares within my family lately I'm also getting married in like a little less than three months which is insane um, the marriage is not insane but planning is and just you guys know it's not news um, so I thought I would do something totally completely utterly unrelated to any of that um, you know, the other day I was sitting in here and I was just like, you know, I'm looking at my email. I was stressed out about a certain work situation and I'm still fairly stressful. And I decided there's nothing I can do about that right now. And then an email popped up from Life, the Lifetime Movie Club and it was like, watch Girl in the Basement. And I, I'm not going to lie, Judd Nelson being the lead was definitely a draw. But I didn't know that it was going to be such a well-made movie. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a really high-quality movie, um, production-wise. And also, I feel acting-wise. I, I feel that the only chink in its armor is... That's the right term, right? <laughs> and the only flaw for me is the ending, where, as in lifetime fashion, they try to wrap it up in a neat bow. Like, everyone's not severely traumatized for the rest of their lives. I mean... They're not saying they're not, but it's just, a, it's, a, it's too neat. The ending doesn't fit all that goes on in the first, like, hour and 20 minutes. So, well, be that as it may, that's okay. I just, while I was watching it, first of all, I was shook, especially considering that this is based on a true story, but it's not a stretch like a lot of Lifetime movies. 
girl in the basement is based on a real girl in a real basement. And quite frankly, reading the story, which I will read from the article later, was even worse than this movie. And that's hard to imagine because this film does a really great job of making you feel the hopelessness and the terror. So, um, the synopsis is like pretty simple, uh, and I'm not going to do too much build up. I'm just going to say Sarah lives in a house with her sister and Sarah's about to turn 18. She lives with her sister who is in college and just doesn't seem to get the same shit from her dad as Sarah for whatever reason. Um, And then their mom, who's just kind of the queen of being oblivious to how awful her husband is. And so there's a clip at the beginning, which I didn't play, that I'm not playing, but Sarah is at dinner with the fam, sister's visiting, and she's done. She's like, I'm going to go now. And then the dad's like, you're not going anywhere. And she's like, what do you mean? Mom said I could go to this party. And he's like, nope, you're not going anywhere. And it reminded me a lot of the quiet, especially considering what happens. I don't know if you guys heard the episode Justine and I produced on the movie The Quiet, um, but which is fictional. But it did remind me of that dynamic, the dad insisting that the daughter stay home. It's like, why does he care? And in the quiet, he he was raping his daughter. In this film, we don't see that at this point, but he's very, very jealous. It's clear that he's jealous of her going to see her boyfriend because it's it's knowledge, it's known by the family that she has this boyfriend, Chris. So through seeing the movie and just knowing the themes, I'm I can see that he's clearly trying to keep her from being with another man, which is already really, really, really creepy. I mean, my dad didn't want me to hang out with losers, but this guy's not a loser, and this girl already got permission from her mom to go to, like, a party. Like, normal stuff, okay? Um, In my case, it would be my mom saying no because she just thought I would end up dead, right? But the dad is a He doesn't care. He's not worried about her well-being. He doesn't even... He doesn't even act like... He doesn't like her. He's fascinated by her. He's compelled to control her, but he's very spiteful of her. It's very much a gaslighting situation there really isn't much love bombing um he has other means to control her which we will get to so without further ado which is some merch that i'm working on by the way hit me up and let me know if you would like merch that says without further ado or if you would rather have it be um so anyway because those are the two things i say constantly hit me up i'll put i I should put a vote on instagram or something so anyway um the first clip I'm going to play is Sarah, who, again, almost 18, is like, fuck this, and sneaks out of the house, despite what her dad said. Um, been there. But, you know, again, it wasn't, there wasn't anything scary going on at home for me. It was just like, fuck this, my curfew is stupid, and my friends are hanging out, I'm going to go <laughs> climb out the window, and then they'll pick me up, and we'll, we'll do nothing wrong. Like, we didn't, I didn't even drink or do anything, so I'm rambling, you guys. So here, without further ado, is the first clip. (laughs) There she is. Let's get out of here. What, did you catch up? Yeah, but I threw it right back. Right on.
on, babe. I know you're mad. <sighs> Come on, I just, I just want to talk to you. Come on. There'll be other parties, I promise. Open the door. Open up, Sarah. Jeez, you probably wants. Yeah, she wants everything special. Everything special. She's a problem. Okay, so I just like having that line in there. She's a problem. Like, he sees her as a problem. His problem. His, his property to control, right? And he's so angry. I don't understand this about, like, sexual offenders. The fact that they like can just whip it out and like rape someone out of anger it's just so so upsetting to me um that that's linked in their brain i mean so he's already thinking of her that way even though we to our knowledge she hasn't been sexually assaulted by him however i'm sure there's been grooming going on like he is hyper focused on her and that's why her boyfriend was like if you give it to you again she's like i threw it right back because this is an this is a daily routine with this really really unappealing father, um, great actor, uh, but Judd I almost said Judd Apatow, Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. In case you don't know, don't you forget about me? Okay, so now we are in at the party, and I just want to play a little bit of Sarah with her boyfriend at the party. Um, excuse me, and you can kind of hear their dynamic and how she feels and what she wants for her life we're gonna have a few clips about that about like her very strong will um towards what she wants out of her life which is devastating here we go something about what about you don't have it all mapped out and I don't have all the words go play go 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 okay okay I remember holding tight felt like falling Looking in your eyes I could hear it through the night Voices calling Sounds of sunrise Wherever I may go Wherever I may go now Wherever I may go, you're Echo so loud 
What? I love it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I love you. I love you. really honest I expected that song to be like that <laughs> music I wrote you a song I'm like oh no because that's just like always awkward especially with a young man and it's a lifetime movie so you they're not always on point with their music um but I thought it was gorgeous and it it repeat it's used throughout the film um very well and he's a good singer it was just it's just really well played you guys and it's just it's heartbreaking. We all know what's going to happen to this chick, right? It's called, it's called a girl in a basement. We know the dad's insane. It's based on the true story of a man who imprisoned his daughter in a basement in Austria, um, under their home for twenty. I think it was twenty-four years. And in her case, he, I guess I'm spoiling. I'm telling on. I'm spoiling things, but he raped her so much. It was. He raped her so much that she ended up birthing seven children. Okay. So we know where this is headed. And this boyfriend, of course, is direct competition for this very, very disturbing man. By the way, Judd Nelson, really good at playing these kind of characters. Just saying. Um, so this clip is my house, my rules is what I called it. So basically, I, um, she comes home. And she's bold, right? She's not going to come in and, like, tail between your legs. Like, I'm sorry, I did rub it. I really wanted to go. She's like, no, I'm going to be a fucking adult. I'm going to get out of here. So this is how he speaks to her. And then um, there's some really important, there's a lot of really important um, establishing stuff in the beginning here. And it's just such a good film that I I want to play these interactions. Um, so this is, this one is not long at all it's not even a minute but here's dad reacting to her coming home at dawn am i sharing my screen you guys i don't think i am that was i almost made a boo-boo okay here we go now we're gonna play this clip Why don't you come in the front door like a normal person? I thought I said, no, you can't make up your own rules. Whatever. We're not done. Is that your boyfriend? That's not your business. Oh, well, did your mother and I give you permission to date motorcycle boy? <laughs> you know, the day I turn 18, I'm out of here and you're never going to see me again. So. When you're in my house, you follow my rules. Get off me. Hey, hey, what's going on here? He's crazy. Really? You had to do that? So I like how mom, I mean, I hate, but I like noting that mom really normalizes this dad's behavior. Like, well, come on, you snuck out. You really had to do that? And it's like, bitch, this guy is scary, clearly. 
he doesn't have any love for his daughter. I don't think he has love for anybody. He's, you know, he's very, very disturbing and scary. And you can see how uncomfortable Sarah is with her own father. And it's not even like, oh, yeah, my, I love my dad. He's just really strict. It's like, obviously, he's capable of doing anything. But she probably already feels that way. Like, he's he would do anything. She's probably thinking, like, he would kill me. Right? If, if I got in his way somehow. Because that's the type of person he is. And I don't know, being a gaslighter, people come up with many, many techniques to uh, convince everybody else that they are the crazy one or that the person saying things about them is the crazy one, you know? Um, so he's doing everything he can to, throughout this film, to gaslight the situation. And sadly, it works. But very soon after Sarah arrives home, there's a big crux in his plan, I guess, to control her, right? She's going to be 18. And again, he doesn't have this relationship with the older daughter. I need to look back and see if the original woman who this is based on had siblings. I think they did, but I, I need to verify that. So um, the older sister comes in. So I'm sorry, I don't, they don't really say her name a lot. So I'm not sure what it is, but it'll, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, but she, you know, she comes in, she's probably like 20 and or 19, you know, at college, coming home to visit. She comes home, she gets in bed to snuggle up with Sarah, who's, you know, whatever, fuck dad. She just wants to talk about her her plans coming up. So it's very much a female like club in this house. Like daughters and mom are very close, but it's like in opposition to dad. It's like the, he feels like he's, it's him against them and he's made it that way. It's his own fault, but of course he would blame them for it. Ooh, you guys. Um, and so he's off being scary, lurking in hallways and listening to what everybody else is saying as usual. I mean, like, I'm already a paranoid person, so while watching this, I'm like, no, don't you know his listening? That's because I'm hypervigilant, and I, like, struggle with trust. Like, I just do. Not trust, like, I think people are, well, yeah, no, I struggle with trust. Uh, I gotta say it. And uh, not with my fiancé or my um, family so much, but with just people in general. I'm like, what's their motive? Like, what are they really, like they're being friendly but like what are they really trying to get out of this situation because they can i know they'll switch at the drop of a hat like turn on a dime just become a different person so um like that's because those are the type of people i've dealt with a lot in my life and um so it's really hard for me to watch this and not be like don't do it but quite frankly it's realistic it's realistic what young girl even for dad is a jerk would ever suspect that he would lock her in the basement like yeah dad what in her mind it's like what's the worst he can do i already want to leave what's he gonna kick me out you know so she's sort of just like i'm great fucking kick me out she has no idea like what's in store and how because why would nobody that has a healthy brain and conscience would even consider the idea that someone might be planning something like this especially not their own father um so it's really mind-blowing and i think the scenes are lined up well um and you know i like that i have to explain things i'm seeing to you you can't get it all from the clip because that means that we're getting more elements than just like a story told linearly like linear linearly linearly wow in a linear fashion um we're getting a lot of just 
vibes from the way these scenes are shot and the facial expressions on the dad, Don, aka Judd Nelson, um, and just like how eerie he is, how present he is. It kind of reminds me of Nate's dad on Euphoria. You know, Justine and I have been covering Euphoria for our Patreon, and it's very similar. This ever presence of Venus, and he's always up in everyone's business and wondering, you know, how he can control things. So I'm going to play this clip of basically um, Sarah talking to her sister and mom about the boy and then eventually about her plan to leave and like travel. But you'll still see me, you guys, because you love, I love you, right? But she hates the dad. And of course, who do you think is overhearing all this? So I'm going to play that clip for you right now. And yeah, this is a good one. So, I hope it was worth it. It was. Mm -hmm. Oh. He told me he loved me. Get out. <laughs> I thought you were going back to the dorm. I wanted to make sure you were okay first. You're almost out of here. Just keep your head down and be cool, okay? Somebody has to stand up to him. I mean, she's crazy. Mom just lets him walk all over her. So I'll mess with him, okay? You're only grounded for a week. Oh my god, that is so stupid. I swear, I'm leaving as soon as I turn 18. That's what you keep saying. Just hope you have a plan. I do. Yeah? I'm gonna travel the world. That's not a plan, Sarah. No. That's my plan. I'm gonna start in Florida, and I'm gonna get jobs to work my way across the country. I'm gonna see everything I've always wanted to see. <laughs> I know I can't stop you. Go, see the world. Be brave. Just don't be reckless. So I love the subtlety of the older sister not saying, well, dad does this, and dad is really mean. Be careful. She's just like, look, keep your head down. You know, it's like she has just not knowledge that maybe he's done anything to her, but she's she's already been able to intuit that he would have and could have and that she basically still needs to be under his thumb to a certain degree, you know, playing nice. He is something he requires as an abuser and a gaslighter, and it's very common. And the daughter plays the game, the sister plays the game, the mom plays the game, and Sarah's like, I don't want to play this fucking game. And unfortunately, she has no idea the length her father will go. Um, so let's see. So basically, this, you know, sets off alarm bells for for Dawn, dad. Uh, he's like, well, fuck this. Um, I have however, like a month or however long. Because to him, like, as soon as she turns 18, he knows. Um, my phone buzzed. Let me know I have therapy in 10 minutes. <laughs> so I have to uh, take a break there. I'll just talk about this movie the whole time. No. Um, so he's like, in his mind, he's like, the, the minute she's 18, I've, I've lost her, right? But it's not sentimental by any means. It's like, she's mine. I control her. Because she doesn't want to listen, now she has to listen, right? 
and it says happy graduation like she's graduating high school so i guess she has a late birthday you can see time has passed she's very excited she's like oh my gosh i'm gonna go graduate and i'm gonna be free and i get to go travel the world she's not supposed to understand and it's beautiful it's adorable and in her mind it's like fuck yeah i can get through this i just have to you know push that guy away problem is even though like it's you don't want to give in to somebody like this but to save yourself in a, in a situation with a gaslighter sometimes you do really have to pretend to be on the same page to be really loyal to them until you find a safe way to get out and unfortunately she didn't understand that this was necessary why should she she should never have had to worry about this in the first place Whew. however this guy's insane so the second he hears that he goes down to the basement and he moves aside this false wall that sounds really cheesy but it's not like the movie clue which i will be covering with um, betsy very soon you know where it's like it's just a trick door and like it's very easy to find like the game clue it's really really insidious the way he's built a chamber like a tunneled chamber like a, like a quarantine situation if anyone saw um 13 cloverfield lane it's similar to that like it's so contained that you have to like there's many latches and rooms and padlocks that you have to go through it's not like you can just simply escape through you know a window of which there are none um and it's in the basement so that's by design so they have a basement they have a known basement so if anyone was like maybe she's in the basement they could go down there and look and see she's not because they have no knowledge of this false door and this like big big cavernous space that he explains was a bunker that someone built which is likely i mean she says we'll start out in florida i don't know if that means they're still be living in florida i mean the original case was in austria so it certainly doesn't matter but that would make sense because florida would have you know basements and stuff like that because of weather challenges we in california actually don't have them because i guess they're considered not the most earthquake safe thing like that's not where you would want to be in an earthquake which i understand because you know things would fall on you um but you know it's not it's not impossible to believe that this house that clearly looks old and established would have had some kind of underground chamber that built in like the 50s or 60s you know cold war or whatever i don't know so um my point is you know he has a real 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 plan here and also um it it is thorough i mean you don't watch this movie thinking why didn't she just blank or why couldn't she have just blank or why didn't they just blank like it's very clear it's very scary because it's clear how easily he really has control i mean it's not the first time we've heard a story like this and it's especially insidious because it's not like he took someone else's child and he has to convince that family that why she's gone it's his own child so he just has to continue on this rhetoric of like she fucking left she's a little bitch like as he said she's a problem and she left and we just have to deal with it she'll come home you know i know her she'll come home like acting not worried really gaslighting the cops and the mom which we'll get to um and since he's communicating with her he can pretend you know he can create correspondence between them that's completely false like in the in the real the original case in um that came to light in 2008 in Austria, the man who had been keeping his own daughter captive um, actually forced her to write letters as though she had, he, his excuse was that she went off to join a sect, like a secular religion, like a different religion or cult. I, I think they mean like cult type thing. 
because um, a sect is just a branch of religion as far as I know. Uh, but um, he would make her write letters as though she had run away to this sect and be like, sorry, I'm fine, but I can't come home. Which is just so horrible. Oh, it's just horrible. So let's play this next clip, and then I'm going to go to therapy, and then the episode's going to continue, and maybe I'll be in a better mood. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, this clip is called It Begins. <laughs> Hey, hang up the phone. I need your help with something. I'm sorry, Chris. I can call you right back. Come on. Huh? Pick this up. Come on. Look. And we're going down the basement. That's right. Keep going. Watch your step. Okay. Go hang out with a friend tonight. When you ask nicely, yes. Here? Nope. <sighs> this place previous owner built a bomb shelter I made some improvements put that end over there and here we go what do you think I mean kind of sucks there's no windows you don't like it dad that's too bad. What are you doing, Dad? Dad, what are you do- Dad! Dad! Let me out! forces you to think like what your mind would do you would probably continue to go this isn't possible this isn't real this isn't happening and yet it is and when she opens the box that she's been made to carry in she sees it has rations for her some of her clothes like a couple like personal items and she's like oh fuck oh fuck this isn't just a prank like a trick like he means to keep me down here of course she has no idea she has no way of knowing for how long um but it's terrifying. Uh, so I'm going to take a break here so that I can go attend my flower pack. And then we'll continue with this film that made everybody in the real story need therapy. Okay, so clearly she's a shit creek or however you want to say it. It's a terrible situation. Um... And the horror of it is sinking in. So her immediate thought, as would 
mine be, as would anyone's be, is how the fuck do I get out of here? So the next clip, um, shortly after, you know, dad goes upstairs and gives this fake story about like, oh, I don't know why she's not here. Guess she snuck off with a guy again. That guy's no good. You know, like she's a piece of shit. Like, like I said, he's just trying to make it like she's a runaway, like he's a cop in the eighties. So this scene, um, is basically, I called it first attempt. This is really awful. You guys, this made me sick. Um, just like a major trigger warning. I'm obviously going to put a major trigger warning at the beginning of this, but even just hearing it like this happened to somebody and what happens, the reaction that the father has to the escape attempt is heinous to say the least. So let's play it and then we'll talk about it. as much as you'd like because the room is soundproof. can't breathe. There's no air. As long as there's power, there's air. Three failed attempts on the keypad shuts the power off, which shuts off the ventilation system. I change the code every day. Why are you doing this? Life is a series of interactions. Action, reaction. Choices, consequences. You chose to be disrespectful, and this is your consequence. Ah! Ah! Ms. Ben, will you get your air if I say you do? You eat when I say you do. You want a blanket, a book. You can have those things if I say you Everything that you get now, every privilege, you will earn. Do you understand? Do you understand? So yeah, he totally rapes her against the door, and it's horrifying. It's done in a way that feels really real. It's not overly overt. It's just clear what's happening, and it's disgusting. And it's like the soul's kind of starting to leave leave her eyes as this happens to her. Um, so this person, this man, this monster... It basically has this ultimate fantasy, I suppose, of ultimate control. Fully controlling someone, every down to the 
you know, when they can eat and sleep and when they get air and then punishing them with sex. It's just horrifying. God, it just makes you wish that, like, there was a way for people, victims like this, to somehow make themselves infertile. <sighs> I don't know what I mean by that. It's just, it's just truly horrifying. Okay, so let me check something on my mic real quick. All right, my bad, sorry. A couple things have gone awry with my microphone, and it is the fault of a small orange cat named Foxy. And we decided not to press charges, um, but he did really screw up the input piece on the connecting cord to my mic, and therefore, I have to be really careful and actually move my body to look at the back of the mic, or else it's going to disconnect. So I'm sorry for sound issues. Anyhow. Um, so this horrific scene takes place, and then immediately afterwards, we see the family upstairs really bereft. Well, Dad's not, but they're, you know, as we know, the basement or the bunker is soundproof, so no one can hear anything coming from her. That's never going to be the answer. And so he's like, scream all you want, you know. Classic, classic villain. Um... So basically, yeah, that, that's her first of many escape attempts, obviously. That's not really the theme of this movie, though. It's not about her... It's not like a, a thriller in that sense. It's more like watching like what befalls her and like watching her try to just survive the landscape of the life that she's living at this point. Like, she has to survive. She can't spend every minute trying to break out or she's going to lose it, right? It's not Stockholm Syndrome. It's not like she's... In love with the guy somehow it's she she's very strong-willed but at the same time she has to make it livable she has to give some concessions and you can see that internal struggle constantly from this actress who i don't know her name but i'll look it up is really talented i think um so they're upstairs and dad's just like i told you she just took off da, 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 da. you know like he's just so confident in his theory um and he it makes you think has he been griping about the boyfriend and her being disrespectful so much because he knew he was going to do this or was it not actually premeditated in that sense but like he just did it because he wanted to do it and this was an easy and he, they already were fighting all the time anyway so this was an easy thing to claim i don't know depends on how i mean he's as sinister as sinister as you can possibly be so i wouldn't put it past him so this clip is called dad gaslights the cops slash his family No. It's not like her. But she still hasn't called. She promised that she wouldn't run off like that again. She broke a lot of promises. It's my husband, Don. Nice to meet you, sir. Well, she's run off before, right? Yes. No, it was to a party. This is different. She came right back. Well, she's 18, which means she can come and go as she pleases. Isn't it likely that she decided she needed some space and stand with friends? She doesn't have that many friends. I've talked to all the ones that I know. Boyfriend. Chris hasn't seen her. And he seems like a pretty nice guy. Chris who? You got a number? Yeah, I'll go get it. All right. 
We'll talk to him. Do you guys notice anything missing? Clothes, personal items? Uh, yes, uh, some clothes and a travel bag. Did you tell him her plans? What plan? She wants to visit all 50 states. Don, it's not really a plan. She's a dreamer. She said that when she turned 18 that she was gonna go from Florida and work her way across the country. But she hasn't had her birthday yet. She wouldn't leave without saying goodbye to me. She wouldn't. We've already filed a missing persons report. But without any leads, that's about all I can do at this point. Look, I've been doing this for 20 years. Usually, these situations revolve themselves. You'll be sitting at home, the phone will ring. And it'll be Sarah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'll be sure to let you know if she calls. All right, so obviously things aren't going well. Dad has just like very swiftly and easily by hacking her that, you know, lovely tub that he tricked her to carrying into her own cell. He made it so that, oh, some important items were missing. It was, she didn't leave without anything. Her travel bag, by the way, who says that? Like who has a designated travel bag at 17? You just throw all your shit in like one of your million purses or backpacks. But anyway, um, he's a man and an idiot. And I mean, this character, not, not the actor. Although I don't know, I don't, I don't know. But um, you see on the cop's face, as soon as he mentions this, the cop's like, oh, I ran away. He's like, oh, that's why he's like, oh, these things usually work out. And then like, it's heinous how much this happens to you guys. Like, a teenager could never be a victim, even though teenagers are, like, aside from small children, the easiest people you could possibly manipulate. They're definitely just running away. And then also, like, to which I have to say, like, what if they ran off with someone bad? Shouldn't you still investigate that? Especially because she's not 18 yet, so it doesn't really fucking matter what you think, bad. But anyway, um, that was his plan, and it's working. Unfortunately, it's true. It really happened. Not in America again, but... We're going to get into it. Um, gosh. I feel like I'm finally getting my second wind of energy. I don't know why. I feel like a dead corpse today. I think it's just a lot of anxiety and, like, my health being reactive to my anxiety. I uh, had my therapy session, like I mentioned, in between, you know, recording for this. And it was good, but it was basically us establishing, like, dude... Your mental health is screwing with your physical health. Your physical health is keeping you from being happy. You got to focus on this, meaning you can't spend your whole life watching and trying to take care of other people. You got to find a balance. Like, yeah, you have to have a job. Yeah, you want a career. But she was even like, "What? what is this career costing you? You know, as much as you love it and as good as you are. What is it costing you to be doing all of this intense, vulnerable work? And it's clearly costing me my equilibrium. I mean, being vulnerable so much all the time is a skill. But she said, I don't think you have that to give right now. And that's true. I am a codependent through and through, though I work on that. So 
there's probably going to be some changes in the works that not going to completely change things around, but and it's really hard. It's really hard for me to tell someone, hey, you know, I've been doing this thing for you. I can't do it anymore. Like, it's just like, that's the thing I'm worst at. Is anybody else, is anybody out there good at that? Is that like your skill? Can you teach me how to fucking be good at that and like make the person feel okay with you? Because I'm very stressed out about telling clients like, hey, I'm not going to be available to you all the time anymore because I have to not die. Um, anyway, sorry, tangent, I do it even when I'm alone. So dad's gaslighting the cops and, um, pretty soon after the aforementioned Chris, you know, the one who actually wrote a decent song for Sarah comes by the house and it's like, I just want to know what's going on. Like, I'm really scared. I'm worried for her. She's missing. And dad knows it's a, like, it's bad for Chris to be sniffing around because they want Chris to be like a person of interest, if nothing else. So he immediately like makes up this like story to, to get Chris to go away. I don't know why Chris buys it. You guys let me know. Do you think dad's convincing enough here? Um, or maybe just scary enough? Um, anyway, motorcycle Chris, as he calls him, the dad calls him such a dick, um, pulls up and dad's like, oh cool, more gaslighting to do. I love a gaslighting. You must be Chris with the bike. Nice ride. Look, is Sarah back? The cop, cops called me looking for her. I, I wanted to come by and see if you heard anything. I wanted to, I wanted to bring her this. Um, she didn't tell you? Tell me what? She didn't say anything about Steve. Steve? Steve who? Ah, Sarah and Steve... We're best friends in the old neighborhood since, like, first grade. And she always said that she was going to run away with him one day, and right after graduation, she did. Wait, so you're, you're, you're trying to tell me that Sarah ran off with some guy named Steve? My wife said they were in Florida. She was working as a waitress. Now, you're sure she didn't say anything about Steve? I remember she, um, she, she mentioned Florida. Uh, if you want, um, my wife can mail her the, the gift. No, no, that's fine. Hey, Chris, I'm really sorry. I mean, you seem like a good guy. I, I'll tell her, you know, when she calls, uh, that, that you came by, okay? Yeah, cool. Who was that? Any news? Rini, if I hear anything... You'll be the first to know. It's going to be okay. We're going to find her, okay? One thing to me is like, is he just going to ride this out? Like, was he thinking she'll be there for the rest of her life? I, I guess. Like, what did he have a long-term plan? Or was it really just a, ma a matter of keeping his current thing going? Something I noticed about gaslighters, and if anybody out there doesn't, know about it you should absolutely absolutely listen to the podcast um somebody sorry no wrong one something was wrong that's what it's about it's different every, every season it's about different incredibly different experiences of people being gaslit and manipulated to a horrible degree and it's certainly something i've experienced and and currently i'm experiencing now in a 
way that I'm not the primary um, victim, but it's st sticky. I can't talk about it here, but um, people like this, people like him, I mean, they don't seem to have, they have a master plan, but they don't have like a, a fallout plan. It's like, no, I'm just going to keep going. And then if something gets in my way, I'll just make more lies and I'll just like go as I, as I go. Like I, it's not a logical, like though they may be able to plan and like put a bunch of bullshit out there, I guess more of a personality trait than it is like an organizational skill. Like he's just, he's just fearless. And you know, the classic style, the classic gaslighting of being like, gosh, I'm so sorry. You seem like such a nice guy. Oh, I feel bad telling you this awkward, you know, like trying to kind of putting the kid down, but also trying to endear him self to him at the same time. And then his wife's like, oh, is that news about our daughter? And he's like, shut up, Rainy. Who gives a shit? You know, like, he's, sorry, I have a hangnail. He's obviously terrible. Obviously. Um, and then anyway, so the, oh, so Kurtz had, looks like he's maybe 35, had um, on the back of his bike, he had a gift wrapped and it looked like you could tell it was like a helmet. Like a motorcycle helmet, like he got her her own helmet. It's like, oh, so it's so insulting that he was like, oh yeah, I can have Rini eat, mail it to her to our new for her new boyfriend. Like it's just an extra stab, an extra just gut punch to this guy who did nothing except love his daughter in the way that she should be loved. So, oof. So here we are, and now we know from this context, it's Sarah's actual 18th birthday it's not good it doesn't go well shocking i know um so we're gonna go ahead and let this play um it's really upsetting because that's well, just really upsetting obviously um and it's it should be known that pretty soon after this she'll be heavily pregnant and be giving birth so just keep remember that when you hear what he's saying like how he's talking to her um, just keep that in mind. These should last a few days. And I've got a little surprise for you. Happy birthday. You're 18 now. Make a wish and blow out your candle. I don't have to be nice. Good. And here, it's a little gift. What do you say? What do you say? Thank you. You're welcome. Put it on.
very nice. Hmm. Pick something. Pick something you want. What? I really want to get out of here, please. It's a little early for that. Pick something else. TV. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to earn that. A clock. Time passes really weird down here. Yes, I can do that for you. See? You do something for me, I do something for you. Come over here. Dad, I... Dawn. Call me Dawn. Come here. That's a good girl. Brings her a cake, and the gift is lingerie. It's lifetime, so we don't see a lot, but it's clearly lingerie. And that's when he has this twisted, manipulative thing about, like, see, I'm nice. I give you things, you know? And then when she says, Dad, he says, Dawn. Call me Dawn, because he wants to fuck her without having to think about the fact that she's his daughter. And quite frankly, he wants to in this delusion that she wants to be down there for him and she wants to behave for him and the conversation about the clock it's going to come up over and over again just her i think really the clock symbolizes faith for her it's like time is still going i can keep track of time i have some sort of power here because she fixates on clocks a lot that's like her safety when you know as things progress and as we know this is year one of 20. um so it's not good. Um, okay, so like I said, things jump pretty rapidly, I guess nine months. And I had a clip of her giving birth and I was like, why would I play this? It's just someone yelling and screaming because they ever having a baby. But the, the point of it is, you know, she's alone in a basement at the age of 18, giving birth to her dad's child alone. And it's horrifying, right? It's horrifying, horrifying, horrifying. Everything about it is horrifying. But with the human brain and the way that it works and the way that we're resilient and we want to fight and we want reasons to live and we want human connection, I think it's because she had kids that she was able to survive down there. Uh, you know, because the first thing she does is look at this baby doing little cute baby things and she's intrigued, she's charmed, she loves the baby. She doesn't love where she is. But she has this little moment alone with the baby um, before Dawn comes downstairs. And sick, like, I don't even want to call it bittersweet because there's like nothing sweet about having your dad's baby. Um, it's just bad. It's just, it's just, it's a nightmare. Um, but that's where we are in this reality. And that's part of why I like this film and, and films like it. It's reality's already turned upside down. So we're just going to have to roll with that as the viewer because, of course, this is crazy. But we can't forget how crazy this is and how people exist like this. Whether they kidnap people or not, people like Dawn are everywhere. Oh.
What are we gonna call you? Mary? Agnes? Okay, Marie. Motherhood. It's the best thing that can happen to a woman. Gives her a sense of purpose. You're welcome. How about you put these things away? First of all, putting things away means dumping them out on the table, apparently. She's in a lot of pain. She just gave birth. She's still got all that fluid in her belly. She goes over to the, the food on the table. She picks up a butter knife, kind of looks at him like, you gave me a knife, you know? But he just looks right back at her, and she drops it like, I don't even fucking care. I'm in so much pain, and I'm so tired. And she picks up the saltines and just goes to eat them because she just had a baby and she probably is so sick. I mean, it's a miracle that the real woman survived all of this because child we act like childbirth is not dangerous anymore, but that's only because we have all of these thank all these medical ways to thankfully intervene when something goes wrong. But if you don't have access to those things, yeah, it is easy to die in childbirth. Things can go wrong. Like that's why so many women and children died in the past. That's why, you know, Grimm's fairy tales and like early versions of Disney stories, there's always a stepmom because it was so common for a mom to die during childbirth. <laughs> and then the man father was like, I don't need not I want to deal with this kid and, you know, gets a wife and she's she's in it for whatever his money. So that was like a common occurrence that's the evil stepmother and that's why it's that's why it's a thing in literature um so yes after this comes a bit another big jump um i forget what year he says it is but the daughter is about i want to say like five five or six so she's been down there for probably like seven years seven to eight years um so she's in her 20s she's well into her 20s mid-20s and she we see immediately she has another child as well um, a son. So she has a daughter and a son. And um, so he didn't waste much time, you know, getting her pregnant. And this is about, um, they're gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I have two clips about this. This is Chris, I call this Christmas with, Christmas with crazy. They don't reference Christmas in it so much as there's a Christmas tree. And it's really uncomfortable and icky because the daughter comes over and you know, talks about what she just drew a picture of. So it's very eerie to see them trying to act for these two children as though any of this is normal life. And just so you know, they do not know why they're down there.
So, do you get a bigger office? Of course. Uh, second biggest. Wow. I'm so happy for you. Well, I've been there 10 years. I do deserve it. What's that? My bad, she doesn't have another kid yet, but she's heavily pregnant again. Mommy, Daddy, me, and my new little baby brother sister. Hmm. Thank you. You know, soon there's gonna be three of us. Not too late to let us. Might it be possible that I'd be able to come down here and relax? Sorry, Don. Yeah, sure you are. It is truly bizarre to me that he can have such a split consciousness that he's like puts a Christmas tree down there I mean I guess that's another thing that they quote unquote earned but I don't know it's just so incongruous and weird and it's also creepy because he's coming down there and acting like their husband and wife talking about work and you know yelling at her when she asks for something like whatever and it's certainly not remorse but I'm sure he just felt a lack of power because of that so his response is to you know, grant them this blessing of a Christmas gift. And he comes in, hold, bring it, comes down with an old TV to surprise them with. I don't know how his wife isn't like, why are you always in the basement? And when you go to the basement, how come you disappear? Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. Merry Christmas. What do you say? Thank you, Don. You're welcome. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's a television. What is a television? Ah, oh, man. Well, this is gonna be our window to the outside. Outside? Where Daddy goes? Mm-hmm. Okay, you wanna watch something? <laughs> I'm going to pause this here. Um, this is really the first time we see Sarah express, able to express any kind of joy, which is so sad, you know, because there's nothing to be joyful down, about down there. So it's, it's just sadness. But this is like, this feels like an escape, right? It's a little bit of an escape. It's a relief, if nothing else. It's a tool to help them get through, to help her get through being down there. So she's so relieved and elated that she's like i don't even care that this is an old crappy vhs tape of bugs bunny like look it's something that's not these fucking walls and you know you heard the daughter like what's a television what's outside like it's just it's so fucked up it'd be funny if it weren't so fucked up so then we kind of cut to a little bit of a confrontation um well quite the confrontation um i'm just gonna leave it at that 
now it's year seven, so we've jumped again. No. No, none of these are for kids. I don't know how much to give her. Give her half. But what if it makes her worse? Or poisons her? Her temperature is 101 degrees. You and Amy got sick all the time. Your mother handled it. She needs a doctor. You're the mother now. You handle it. Hey. How you doing? Hey! Hey, she needs a doctor! Okay, so this is foreshadowing. So, uh, Marie has health issues. I believe she has asthma, and this is obviously made much worse. Well, and other, among other things, I'm not sure what's going on here, but she's having trouble breathing. Meanwhile, there's a, a little boy in the room, so you can see she's had her son. Um, so it must have been like year five before, or year six. So, this is foreshadowing because Marie's uh, Marie ha having being sickly is ultimately what gets them rescued or gets them a way out. Um, so I'll just leave it at that for now. So now we're, you know, we're scooting ahead and people are still like, hey, it's so weird that Sarah just disappeared and we just believe dad, you know? Um, but they're also in a, in a very manipulated atmosphere. Um, so we'll, we'll play... Um, I don't think there's a whole lot that happens before this next clip, um, but we do finally start to get an in, like a look into how how Sarah manages to pass her days down in this basement with these children, and also the emotional toll that it takes on them. Like, even if they don't know anything different, it's not an ideal way of living. And if they are certainly being abused, like the dad is cruel. Obviously, it's very clear that he controls the mom and she's very unhappy. Like, no one would want to be down there. And the daughter is just like, I don't have a life. Like, I don't have a, fr a friend. What the fuck am I supposed to... She shouldn't say fuck. She's like, I'll never, I never will. She's so sad for her life because she can already feel how, how trapped she is. Um, and uh, so this clip it gets to that, but it, it also includes um, Chris ends up approaching the sister. He's Amy. Um, he just said it and talking to her and this brings to light um the lie that dawn told and then that'll come up um later but but it also i also just wanted to include that audio of sarah like who i can only imagine is the most hopeless person on earth managing to pretend that there's anything any silver lining down there just for her children her children that are also her father's children Amy. Hey, it's uh, Chris. 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 Hey. So sorry, I didn't recognize you. Your, your hair. Yeah. Well. Got to grow up sometime, right? Uh, how are things? You, you live in here now? God, no. Uh, your mom says I don't visit enough, so uh, so I'm here for the weekend. How's um, how's Sarah? I didn't even hurt. You still hadn't heard anything? No. 
Wow, Steve grabbed us. We're really done a number, huh? Steve? Your dad told me that. Wait, when, when did you talk to my dad? Song that never ends. Can you stop it? Not right now. I want to go with Dawn. Well, you can't. Why not? Because that's not up to me. Who's it up to? Dawn. I want to go outside to the park and to the zoo and play with real friends like on TV. Okay, well, we're your friends. You can play with us. We can come up with our own zoo. But I don't want to go to the real zoo, stupid. Hey, quiet chair, now. I'm on. I'm even. I knew he was lying. He was just making stuff up. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. But he was really nice about it. It's my dad. He fools people. <laughs> Everyone except the people know him best. And Sarah, she's all right through him. She'd stand up to him. <laughs> well, what do you think happened? Most of the time, I think she got away. You know that she's living a great life somewhere. And you know what? Because other times I just... I, I think he did something to her. Like what? I don't know. Like, maybe he hit her and she fell and... Gosh, I don't know. He hit my mom once. She was in the hospital for two days. Jesus. You don't know the half of it. God, I miss her. Maybe we can kind of go outside. I think we might need a little bit of an adventure. What do you say? Yeah. Michael, come here. Come on, quick, 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 quick. Get your flashlight on. Turn on. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to be your guide as we go on a little adventure through the jungle. But before we go, I need to know something. Can you be brave? Yeah! Are you going to be brave? Yeah! All right. Let's do this thing. Follow me. Come on. <laughs> Follow me. Follow me. Quick, quick, quick. Shh, shh, shh. Quick. Careful of the branches. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Look, it's quicksand. Jump! Oh, gotta jump. Could that be what I think it is? Oh my gosh. It's a waterfall. Careful, you're gonna get wet. Well, I am back from after that clip and also from two days ago. I am back. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say that hopefully this audio is better because indeed my microphone was on the fritz when I was recording the other day, thanks to my foxy cat. Fox likes to burrow in the closet, which I call my studio. Um, and. <laughs> He goes, he has his little tunnel like that he goes behind where I have my setup and he burrows back there like a little tiny fox 
because he is tiny and cute and then some and then he crawls back out and sometimes he gets freaked out or he's just clumsy and he knocks shit over and he i have no idea how actually because my mic is on a boom but he managed to like fucking just like toss he just like table flipped all of my shit my my um computer and the stand that it's on and ripped the cord out of my microphone and so the input cable was loose and therefore i could not adjust my mic so anyways that was a long story and it's all to say um cats are lucky they're cute <laughs> uh oh also let's do a check yep 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 we're actually we're on we're okay we're we're good we're good okay okay so back into this horrifying film um so we we get two perspectives from that that last clip obviously we get the sister it dawning on the sister that like something is awry like there's we, there's something nefarious going on which like honestly she should have already suspected i mean wouldn't you suspect that dad of something weird like just given the clips and then like the true story which again Oh shoot, I need to find that page. I hope it auto loads. Um uh are just so it's just so horrifying and the way he plays it in, in this film, it's just chilling. Absolutely chilling. So sorry, I'm trying to open Chrome and get my cause it I think it would be a good time to talk about here we go the true story behind this movie um, before I move on. But what I was going to say was that, you know, we see the, the sister getting this like instinctual gut feeling and also bonding with Chris, the, you know, the boyfriend that never gave up hope or whatever. Um, and then we also hear Sarah, who it's unbelievable to, to me that she's lived this long down there. Like, it's just, um, it's unfathomable. I mean, I know there are horror stories beyond what she's been through, believe it or not. But to have the, the energy, the wherewithal, and, and the joy, like, and the suspense of disbelief to be able to, like, make a land of make-believe for her children and make a waterfall out of splashing them from the sink and, you know basically just use flashlights and energy to create fun. I thought it was really well done. The actress played it really well. It wasn't cheesy at all. It was heartbreaking. <sighs> you guys. Um, so speaking of heartbreaking, let's go to this article. Um, <laughs> not giving a book report, I swear. But um, the sun released an article about this in, let's see, what year? Oh, actually uh, this year, perhaps because of this film. Um, so I'm just gonna read certain parts of it. Uh, the headline is Pure Evil. Uh, again, this is these-sun.com, these the US Sun. Um, Pure Evil, shocking story of Joseph Fritzl, who locked up daughter Elizabeth for 24 years, raped her 3000 times, and fathered seven kids. Ooh, dude. Okay, so at 42, 
She had spent her entire adult life locked in a cellar and used as a sex slave by an evil dad who raped her over 3,000 times and fathered seven children. So there's a blurry photo of Elizabeth, who's lovely, um, at 18, just just before. I think she got locked up because it looks like she's outside. Uh, so, and then much like in the film, like spoiler alert, it was only when her eldest daughter, Kirsten, fell critically ill that he let her out, eventually leading to his arrest. So this is going to um, spoil, spoil what's about to happen in the movie, but I think that's fine. You guys can handle it. I don't think this is like a suspense podcast so much. Um, so I will just kind of read a little bit more. So the horrific story, which unfolded in 2008 in the small Austrian town of Amstetten, shocked the world and has now inspired a hit U.S. movie, The Girl in the Basement. I don't know if it was a hit, but okay. Um, although it's set, I mean, I think it should be. Don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, we know Lifetime gets more views than anything ever. You know, people are closet fans, sure, but they get the views. Um, and I'm part of that club. I, it, literally, I subscribed to the Lifetime Movie Club, which is how I got the email telling me to watch this movie. And no, I'm not getting paid to say that. Um, I have no sponsors. Hit me up if you want to sponsor me. Uh, okay, anyways. So, although it is set in the States and names have been changed, the Lifetime movie mirrors Elizabeth's story in almost every detail, with the lead, Sarah, locked away by her dad after her 18th birthday and made to have kids as her mom remains unaware of his vile crimes. But the true story of Elizabeth and her surviving six children is more chilling than any fiction could ever be. Insert a photo of her dad. He looks like, uh, God, like he's part of a Pink Panther movie, like like an old man with a mischievous mustache and really bushy eyebrows, devious eyes, big bags under his eyes, very cocky, half smile. Ugh. Anyway, um, God. Okay. So this is very true to the film or the film is very true to this. Um, when Joseph Fritzl asked his daughter to help him install a door in his newly built cellar complex in 1984, she happily agreed. Moments later, 18-year-old Elizabeth was drugged. Okay, so this is where we veer off, and it's like way worse than even in the movie. Tied up and chained to a bed by her evil father, who would keep her captive for 24 years, raping her over 3,000 times and fathering seven children. I feel like we've heard that sentence a lot in this article. Chillingly, Fretzel had been planning the underground prison for years, excavating the garden and even building a swimming pool over the complex where barbecue guests swam. This happens in the movie. Unaware, Elizabeth was trapped in her hellish prison below. The door she had helped fix completed the soundproof bunker and sealed her fate. After chaining her arms behind her back so she could only move half a meter either side of the bed, Fritzl convinced his wife, Rosemary, that their daughter had run away to join a sect. Like I said, I think that means like a, like a cult, basically. The next day, he raped her for the first time, so that's similar in the, in the film. Um, six months later, this is horrifying, you guys, Fritzl removed the chain because according to court documents, it was, quote, hindering his sexual activity, unquote. Throughout her captivity, he beat and kicked her, forced her into degrading acts, including reenacting scenes from violent porn films, and often raped her several times a day. 
The cellar walls dripped with damp, which Elizabeth mopped up with towels and rats infested her living space, forcing her to catch and kill them with her bare hands. There's actually a photo here of the like m tiny jail cell looking bathroom. God, it's so sad and uh, it's sad in this like prison cellar. There's, and then there's a photo of the outside of the, of the home, which is like just this big regal building. <sighs> so, um, I mean, I don't need to read this whole thing, especially because I know it's like really horrifying and I'm not trying to trigger anybody. Um, but another thing that's true to the film, which is going to come up in one minute, not one minute, but in a few minutes, <laughs> um, is that although in real life she had seven children um, and three were actually sent to live upstairs in the film obviously there's only gonna well, not obviously there's only gonna be three children and one is gonna be sent to live upstairs how you ask um okay so i'm gonna read you what happened in real life and then uh we'll talk about you know how the how the film handles it so um three of the children Kirsten, born in 1988, what's up, that's when I was born, Stefan, 1990, and Felix, 2002, lived underground, never seeing sunlight, and were forced to witness the vile abuse of their mom. But Fritzel arranged for three of the children, Lisa, born 1992, Monica, 94, and Alexander, 96, so the youngest children except for one of them, I guess Felix, for some reason, didn't get a reprieve, um, to be raised upstairs with Rosemary, the, the mother. He convinced, or their grandmother, technically, not that they knew that. He convinced neighbors they had been left on the doorstep by Elizabeth, who didn't want to raise them in her, quote, sect. Uh, tragically, oh, this is just a sad thing. Alexander's twin Michael died in her arms just 66, at just 66 hours, leaving Fritzel to burn his fragile body. Yeah, I'm not going to go on from there. So... <sighs> Yeah, and there's some more uh, awful details that I can talk about at the end and more pictures, which are really upsetting and sad, um, including a picture of the mom, actually, uh, the her mother picture. Of her. Anyway, OK, <laughs> I'm just looking at pictures and describing them like in the good old days of radio. OK, so the next clip um, is pretty much immediately after what uh, we left off with the last clip that we left off with. So they don't need too much of it, give it too much of an intro, but basically the clip is called, you know, something, and it's the fallout from the daughter running into Chris and hearing this weird story that was clearly made up by her father back when Sarah originally went missing like seven or eight years prior. Wait, no, like 15 years prior. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Seven. I think it's still at seven years at this point. Sorry, you guys. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Okay. But here we go with this clip. Why would you lie? Huh? What is this story you made up about uh, our old neighbor, Steve? Why would you lie to Chris? What difference does it make what I say to some lowlife who's sneaking around with our daughter? So you did lie. You know something. Yeah. I know that your sister has been threatening to run away since she was 11 years old. I wonder why, Dad. What does that mean? Oh, 
Did, did you do something? Did I do what? Did you do what? Did you All I did was okay. provide for you and your sister. Both of you, oh, stop it! Stop it! I am going to hire a private investigator. Say about this. What you always say. You know what? I don't care anymore. I am going to find her myself. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to worry about it. I will get a job and I will find her myself. Is this the part where you want to break something? How about this? Huh? How about this? Oh, what the hell, Reedy? What the hell? Reedy? Okay, so yikes. Yeah, a lot happened there. So at the end of that clip, what you obviously don't know, because there was no dialogue about it, um, the sister Amy grabbed the dad's keys that he had dropped on the chair um, when in his outrage and ran down to the basement, just suspicious of that area in general. And so she sniffed, like the main basement, like obviously not the hidden chamber behind it. Um, and so she is snooping around down there and then it cuts to poor Sarah, who's in labor with her third child slash sibling. God. And, uh, that's why she, you heard her request a towel. Um, so things are escalating, obviously, uh, because, you know, Irene is finally like finally pushing and now that there's this finally pushing her husband pushing back against her husband about where the fuck is my daughter like why are you so cavalier about it and like convinced of this that and the other thing like and now we know you lied and we already know you're a fucking creep and so she's like finally has the balls to kind of speak up and of course he's not responding well um and this ups the ante and it's scary because he's a psychopath so who knows what he might do to cover up what he's what's going on right like like i said earlier on people that are gaslighters people that are psychopaths i guess people that are like this i guess people that are gaslighters i'll stick with it, they don't really think about the end game they just go 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 just continue to try and keep pursuing what they want it's not like they have um an end plan like my scheme will end in this way you know even killing unless like yeah even killing someone like that's not really something they would plan on i don't think um so anyway uh yeah so it's pretty terrifying like we're at this point where you see this third baby being born and you're like how how can how can how can this possibly happen like how can this possibly be feasible and then to know that in the the actual real life version of this there were seven a set of twins nonetheless that she had to birth alone in the in the disgusting 
basement weird chamber thing that her freak father built. Oh my God. Um, so, so this next clip is called another boy. Um, basically Sarah gives birth. She's all alone. And I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the scene where the dad's like having literally having a party upstairs, much like in the, like, I think that's a reference to the fact that in the true story, there's a barbecue patio above where this poor girl and her children were being kept. So I believe he's up there at the party and then he finally gets his ass downstairs, but he's like gone forever when she's like clear, when he knows she's in labor or should know she's in labor. And then this is, um, you know, his, his, um, commentary on the baby. Um, but before that in this scene, I just realized I clipped more than that. Before that, we see um, him walking in on Amy going down and uh, looking at around in the basement, kind of kind of just putzing around. She doesn't she hasn't sniffed out the wall or anything, the fake wall. I mean, the false wall. Um, but but of course, he's going to come down to be the fucking asshole scare shitless. So here we go with this clip. <laughs> Please! Find what you were looking for. What do you think? I hid your sister down here? You still pushed her away. That is on you! That is always on you! Maybe I'll get lucky and chase you away too. Now get out! What are we calling this one? Thomas. He looks like my father. A miserable little man. All right, my bad, you guys. I did these clips a little while ago. That is not where he was at a party. I'm realizing that's later on um, when her daughter is much older. Okay, so he... <laughs> Can you imagine, okay, first of all, like your dad being this much of a monster? No, I can't imagine, but just being in any room, anywhere, and someone walks in and just goes, what? <laughs> like, what? It wasn't even anger. It was like, it was like, I don't know. It was like projection. It was almost, it was comical. Like it was, <laughs> I'm going to play it again. Hold on. Let's play it again. Hey! <laughs> 
It's like, and it's because I saw he runs down like, dun, 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 hey, it's like he walks down calmly, stands there, watches her, just looks real calm and then just goes, hi, like, <laughs> scares the shit out of her. It's so fucked up. I don't mean to laugh. It's just this performance was quite <laughs> alarming um, and just a little, a little comical, not intentionally. I um, still love the film. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. So here's Thomas represents basically the three children that the real the real father I forgot his name already. Hold on, was it Yosef? And Fritzel, um, his last name's Fritzel, <sighs> which sounds like Schnitzel. Um, my God. Where is his first name? Yes, Joseph. Okay. So I th they represent, the, sorry, Thomas, the character, the baby, is representing the three children that Joseph um, chose to pretend to find on his doorstep and have his wife raise. Um, Rosemary, I think, is her real name. So here is kind of the plea from Sarah um, where she's like, okay, now there's another kid. What, what in the hell? Like, what am I supposed to do? You bring me like saltines um, and nothing else. And um, you're so mean and horrible. Also, there's no room down here. And like, what's your plan, dude? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Again, he doesn't have an end game. Um, and so it's in this film, I don't know if this is true to life, but in the film, it's actually her idea. I think that, wait, you know what? Let's just watch the clip because I'm just going to say something that's incorrect. I think it's her. Yeah, it's her. They say that it's like her idea to send him upstairs. Um, but I could be wrong that he might actually come up with that plan. I'm sorry, you guys. I am tired. It has been a week. All right, here we go. This, I, this is, this clip is called Saving Thomas. Yeah, I was thinking it could be a really good idea if... If... What if you took this one upstairs? What kind of a mother are you? You're just gonna abandon one of your children? And I'm done raising kids. What about Rini? There's not enough room down here for two kids. Definitely not three. And if I didn't spend so much time taking care of him, I would have way more time to take care of you. Horrifying that she essentially is having to seduce her father in order to protect her son. Also horrifying that he says, I'm done raising kids, but still comes downstairs and to do this weird make-believe and also forced her to have these kids by raping her and forcing incest on her because those are two separate crimes by the way excuse me um yeah it's pretty fucking 
fucking terrifying. Um, but he buys into it. And by the way, during this scene, she's like giving him a shoulder massage, which is like, ugh, and you can tell like she just hates it, but she's just trying to play the part just to get by and, and to help herself and to help her son, you know, presumably. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't trying to help her son. I just, I also assume like it was also like her own survival. Like they, yeah, why would she, she, yeah, of course she doesn't want another kid to suffer down there. Anything. Yeah. Anything else. Okay. So that was saving Thomas. And then she has Thomas. Um, and the dad, you know, puts it on the doorstep and then Rini finds it, finds the baby. And it's like, it's from Sarah. Oh my God. You know, and he pretends to be surprised and da 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 da. And they, you know, Reedy's happy. It's like a blessing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. His name's Thomas and the, we're going to raise him. And then it's like, oh, great. It's going to be okay. Like at least silver lining. Right. But then kind of a smart move on Sarah's part, except she should have put this note in Thomas's clothing, but maybe she didn't. It fell out. But she tried to slip a note to her mother, which is heartbreaking. And it, and it, again, I don't know if this happened in real life, but I'm, I'm sure the real woman did a, a many, many, many things to try and get help. Um, so this clip is called The Note. And basically, it's the aftermath from the father. Um, Dawn finding this note and you know going punishing her of course because she's like all excited she's like oh, okay every you know everything's gonna be fine because you know that kid's safe and I'm, i don't now he probably won't make me have any more kids and she's almost a little upbeat and then here we go he comes to make things fun again Ugh. How'd it go? Fine. Just one little hiccup. Mom, I'm being held captive in the basement. Call the police. You haven't learned a thing. Now put this on. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who lived in a dark cave with her mother, who was once a fairy princess. One day, a fairy godmother brought a little boy for the little girl to play with. They loved playing together. They went on amazing adventures to the rainforest, the jungle, and even the moon, where they met an alien. Even though they argued sometimes, they were very happy. Her mother's Prince Charming was still wandering, trying to find his fairy princess. He sang the special song he wrote for her and never gave up. The little girl never gave up either. She knew that one day, she and her mother and her brother would be rescued and live happily ever after. Wow! 
Oh, okay. So that clip brings us into from like year seven to year 14. Um, it, you know, the kids evolve up at the end of the clip and, um, sorry, someone was trying to call me and I got distracted. Um, so during that clip, you know, when you're hearing the, well, first of all, when he says, put this on, he throws the lingerie that he'd given her for her 18th birthday at her. And she is, looks up at the clock and is kind of grounding herself with the clock, you know, comes up a, a lot. And then, um, we cut to just scenes with her and her children playing and, and making art and creating, you know, characters that are, that are being narrated about. And of course the story is based on the mom, um, Sarah, but they, they're not really cognizant of how true it is and like what the prince means and all that stuff. It's just a fairy tale to them. And then at the end, um, the, the girl's voice changes because suddenly it's year 14 and the girl is, you know, 13 years old and, um, right. Yeah. She would be like 13. And she's the one, you know, that's putting on a, on the puppet show and telling the story, um, you know, that she's been told all these years and, and the mom and the brother are like clapping on the couch and the brother's older too, obviously. Um, so anyway, um, yes, that was what that clip was portraying. So honestly, it's just what gets me, I guess, is just the this the circular nonsensical logic like the what is it called like well it's fallacy in logic and but like that mind loop of you know the evidence for the thing that i want to believe is just that i believe it <laughs> the, the 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 evidence of something i'm not saying it right it's like saying, how do you know this is an apple, an apple, and you answering, because it's an apple. Like, that kind of logic. Um, I'm not explaining myself well at all, because I'm so tired. I love you guys. I'm so sorry. Um, but, um, I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this. Uh <laughs> The circular logic that he is putting on, that abusers put on their victims of, you know, you have to be good in order to get out of here. You have to obey me, da 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 But what does that mean? What does being good mean? Why am I down here in the first place? And if I'm working to get out of here, when am I going to get out? And, you know, why shouldn't I want to get out? It's like he is really condescending and you know acts like they're gonna be free at some point and leads them on and then has no intentions of ever ever letting them out you know if anything i think his well we'll come to see his instinct is to kill them if if he thinks something's gonna go wrong and kill or at least kill himself but them first um anyway so the next clip that i have um is the daughter is aged up here um and 
this is kind of an uncomfortable scene. Actually, I'm not going to play the clip. I'm just going to explain it. It's an uncomfortable scene where the daughter comes out and the mom's like, what's on your face? Or like, what are you wearing? You know, and she's somehow she has makeup. Like, I don't know, someone, she got access to makeup somehow. Maybe the mom has some that may, he makes her wear. I don't know. And she's like, ta-da. And the brother is like, oh, cool. You know, because they have like a good relationship because like they don't know how to bully each other because they don't live above ground and they only have each other. <laughs> and um, so like he cares about her makeup, I guess. And then the, the dad slash their grandpa that they don't know that yet um it's like come here let me look at you and he's like beautiful and then sarah gets really upset and she's like go wash that off your face you don't wear makeup and then she goes to the dad she's like you don't touch her ever you know she sees him looking at her like he wants to you know rape her basically <sighs> oh my god um it's just so fucked up you guys so um at following that, there is, you know, a big fight and things are just challenging in general as they would be, as they have been this entire time down in the basement. Um, and the daughter, this is where she's really expressing herself and just like, I don't have anything. I don't have a life. I don't have anything. You know, I've seen TV. What am I going to, when am I going to ever be? somebody like those people on the tv this doesn't make sense um so i will play this because it's really a well done scene um and it captures like you know the good a lot of the emo emotions and also it's kind of a not a funny moment but like just the end of it is is wry i'll just say that i don't have any friends what if I never meet anyone? What if I never meet a nice boy? You will. How? I'm working on it. I promise. You just have to be patient. How did you meet Dad? I've known your father almost my whole life. Well, I think that when we get out of here, maybe you should get a divorce. Noted. Just like that she's like, yeah, good advice, kid. Thanks. Thanks. Hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Yeah, this guy sucks. You're right. I'm glad you can see it. Um, obviously not funny at all, but just that conversation is just so so strange when you know what's going on and you see her trying to protect her daughter by withholding this horrible information, but at the same time, excuse me, not wanting to outright lie. Uh, and it's interesting that she says almost my whole life because like this is her biological parent as far as I know. Um, but I, maybe she just said that because it would sound weird to say my whole life. I don't know. Or she doesn't remember him as a baby. I don't know. I think that's an, an interesting line. I'm kind of like curious about that. I didn't see anything in the article about this not being her, her birth father. Um, 
I mean, it just says dad, evil dad, evil dad, evil dad. Um, yeah, it just says daughter. There's no evidence that that it's was any less of a relation. Um, it doesn't say anything about the mother having children before meeting him or anything like that. So this is just a weird line. <laughs> okay. And then the last picture, the evil dad is now serving his time behind bars and he's wearing jeans, which is interesting. Um, I guess you can wear jeans in prison in Austria. So done with that. So basically she's like, get a divorce. And mom's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. And then we see Thomas and he's, you know, grown up. He's much more grown up now. He's like, I guess he would be like, uh, I don't know, 13 or 11 or I don't know. Like he's a little bit younger than the daughter. And it's hard to say because like years pass, they don't tell you every single year. So this might be year like um, 16 by now. Um, which I think it must be because he looks like he's got to at least be in middle school. And of course he's, he's the youngest, but he doesn't live in a basement. So he is like athletic and he, and he, you know, has muscles. He's like a sporty guy. He's like very, he's attractive. He's successful. He seems happy um, with his relationship, at least with the, the who he thinks his mom is. Um, and, or no, no, I'm sorry. He knows that she's his grandma. He just believes that his mom is like out there somewhere and like left him to have a better life. So twisted. So, um, they talk in the, in like the, sorry, Thomas and Rainy talk and she's just like, I wonder if she's out there and like, just miss her, you know, and they have this like sentimental, excuse me, conversation. And then the rain is significant because it gives um, uh, Sarah hope because the rain starts to make things like drip and get gross. And I read this in the article too, that like the walls were always wet in the basement where this the real woman was held. Um, and so like she starts to be able to dig away at some like clay wall or something because of the, wa the water that's leaking in from the rain. And they're, they they make kind of make pro, 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 bleh, progress, sorry, but unfortunately, the big bad wolf comes downstairs. So I am going to play that clip. Um, and then there's a few like there's a lot of family shit that goes on, like basement family shit that goes on. So Dawn, Dawn, here's stuff. Um. And then, oh God, this is like, I'm so mad at this neighbor. I don't know if this happened, but this neighbor is an idiot for going to the front door. Like you dumbass. Like you don't know what a distress signal is. Like you don't think like if the people at the front door were capable of helping that person that they wouldn't just ask for help from the front door. Like they're clearly trapped. Anybody that's trapped is being trapped for the person that can open the front door, get a clue. Okay, anyways, sorry really annoyed with this character. I don't know if this even happened, but here we go. This is just called Discovered. You'll hear a knock on the door. Dad answers the door. Neighbors walking by. How can I help you?
How can I help you? Hi, so sorry to wake you. I was just, um, there's a light flashing outside of your house. I, I didn't know if you knew or not. It looked like someone was trying to signal or something. Really? Probably just my imagination. Well, thank you. I will check it out. Have a good night. Good night. Don? Really? Go back to bed. It's nothing. So that was really ugly. He went down and just beat the shit out of her, and she's pregnant again, of course, and he kicked her right in the stomach. And so and that was the daughter who's now looks like she's probably about 17. I think this is year 17 or 18. Um, his, you know, yells at him to stop, and he he does, but it's he's already done the damage, and I believe the baby dies. She has to give a stillbirth. Um so that's like that gives pays homage 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 i don't know how are you supposed to say that i always say homage i think that's correct because it's a french word i'm not the expert on french french obviously i'm not the expert on french um so anyways guys i'd beat my wits end so would you Oh, sorry, homage to the child that she did end up losing. Um, although that child was born alive and was one of two, one of twins, I believe. So we're getting close to the end here. And um, to be frank, I'm tired. I love being here. I love it. Love you guys. But I just realized that I took a lot of clips, which I love to do. Um, but I actually <laughs> don't need all of them. So now I need to kind of just practice talking about what happened in this film instead of playing all these clips because then we can really just discuss the craziness of how this all ends up i will be right back i'm going to take a wee break for a pee break and then i shall return okay so shortly after this happens the kids are just like really really tired of everything they're being really abused as well the kid um the son asks for something i don't recall what it was but he asks i think about going outside he has like a baseball mitt and he wants to go play catch and he's like when can we go play catch outside and of course don flips out on him and is like oh you're not grateful da, da, da. And he's like um you know just screaming at him berating him and then sarah's just like Fuck, he's sorry he asked you know like lay off right so the so Don leaves and then the kids are both just like why do we live like this this is terrible why don't you do something because of course they don't know what's they don't know what's going on they don't know why any of this is going on they just know like it's horrible and it's not normal because look at everybody on TV and look at you know wherever Thomas went we know that 
there's somebody upstairs. Like we know that there's a whole world out there that this, this doesn't make sense. So there, you can't blame the kids. Like, of course they feel this way. Like how have they not just like completely done this every second since the day they were born? I don't know. Um, so they have this, but they really start taking it out on their mom and she just flips out. She's like flips the table and she just like starts screaming and yelling and the kids are scared and like i feel bad for them but at the same time like they they clue in and they're like okay whoa this is um okay there's something going on here that we don't know and we it's not accurate to blame mom because look at this is bad news um so after sarah loses it it's time it's time to tell the truth and that's what she decides she's gonna finally do she's gonna tell the truth um because the kids are, at least need to know why <laughs> they're in this situation if she can't get them out they at least deserve to know why and also she deserves for her trauma to be known and her story to be known and for them they're old enough now that they can feel for her and support her so she's letting them so here we go Sorry. We know you're just trying to protect us. I'm sorry, too. But what? None of this was your fault. If I were to just shut up like Amy, I wouldn't be down here. We wouldn't be down here. Who's Amy? been honest with you too but you're old enough now and i think it's time you know the truth do you remember the story i used to tell you about the fairy princess and how her father cut off her wings my favorite story yeah that's kind of my story I'm the fairy princess. And who do you think Dawn is? That's Dad, your husband. He lives upstairs with Aunt Rini, who helps take care of Thomas, right? I grew up upstairs with my sister, Amy. I had a mom and dad too, but my dad and I didn't get along. He was awful. Boyfriend who I was so in love with. Chris Christopher? Yeah. Anyway, we were gonna run away together after I turned 18, but my dad must have known because he tricked me and he locked me down here. So, when did you meet dad? She's my mom. Dawn is her husband. He's also my dad. And is also your dad. Do you understand what I'm telling you? No, no, I don't. 
I'm sorry. Marie! She's having an asthma attack. You have to breathe. Okay. What's wrong with us? Nothing is wrong with you. I love you both so, so much, okay? There is nothing wrong with you. It's him. It's always been him. Come here. I love you both so much. You mean everything to me, okay? So it was wrapped up a little more neatly than I would feel it would be. But then again, I, it's such an unimaginable situation, right? But, you know, I think they did an okay job with that scene. Um, and also, my bad. I don't know why the sound kept playing from, this is pre-recorded. I didn't just play that clip now. Like, But the pre-recorded clip had that Microsoft sound. I am very sorry about that. That's my bad. Please forgive me. No, not what I do. Or something like that. I don't know the words. <laughs> um, okay, so yikes. They know the truth now. You guys, that's pretty upsetting. I don't know. How would you handle it? Wouldn't part of you be like, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. Like, I kind of thought that, but like, I wasn't sure. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, they have no life context. They're not me, you know, sitting here watching all these movies and like, ah, I see what's going on here, you know, so I shouldn't probably say that. Um, and I wonder if the real victims, children knew, who were also victims, of course, knew the whole time that that was their grandfather or not, or I wonder what the details are there. That wasn't in the article, but anyway, um, so yeah, the truth's out, baby. So this is followed shortly, but we we immediately switch to year 19, right? So this is the year before discovery in the film. In the film, it's 20 years, not 24. Um, yikes. Uh, so it's year 19. Things are starting to crumble for Dawn, um, which I... Again, I don't know how close this is to the real story, but it makes a lot of sense because he's, you know, he's, he loses his job. I don't know if he gets laid off, but he loses his job possibly because he's like always gone because he's like has this secret incest family in the basement, but also who knows, but now he, there's no money. Um, so you can see that he hasn't told his wife, but the house is going to be in foreclosure soon which is not only a problem because of money, but it's also a problem because, oh yeah, that's right. He has uh, three people in the basement, cellar, dungeon. Um, so that's a problem. So Don, who's very angry and just keeps fighting with everybody, I'm like, it's my business, I'll get another job, actually has another plan. And he thankfully doesn't go through with it or is stopped before he can go through with it. He decides at first it looks like he's gonna kill himself with carbon monoxide poisoning so i had to like check a few times but i'm quite i'm quite confident that was not the case um and he is as a matter of fact trying to use carbon monoxide poisoning from his car um not to pipe it into his own chamber but into the basement through the one vent um and so he starts to do that but is interrupted by Thomas, 
interestingly enough. Um, the kid that he would also be killing if he didn't happen to be living upstairs. Um, no, he doesn't kill anyone, nor did the real dad. Um, not that that makes him a hero, I'm just saying. Um, and again, don't know if this really happened, but um, he gets interrupted and Thomas comes in and um, like they have a talk and he's like, is everything going to be okay? And he's like all fatherly and shit. And he's like, yeah, everything will be fine. He's such a phony. And like, I don't know why he like, he prefers Thomas. And there's this point in the movie that he's like taunting the son. I'm, I forget, I'm sorry. I don't know his name. Um, Marie is the daughter and I can't, I don't remember the second son's name but he's like berating him and he is like thomas is a real boy like he could he could kill you like he could beat you up because he's like he plays sports he doesn't like he's not a loser that lives down here which again is this doesn't make sense circular logic like why is it their fault that they live down there like that doesn't make any sense you can't mock them for that it's your fault you want them to be buff let them the fuck out of the basement um yeah so sorry i was tongue-tied earlier but that's basically all i meant <laughs> he's just contradicting himself over and over and using it as some sort of argument even though it makes no sense but he's scary as shit and they're stuck so that's fucking uh, just terrifying terrifying um but you know what guys you know what it's gonna turn around here because guess what happens marie gets so ill because of you know her breathing problems that uh, Sarah's finally able to convince Dawn that she needs to go to a hospital. This again, again, this is really how this woman was saved. This woman and her children were saved was because the old, the eldest daughter was so ill that he permitted her to go to a hospital. I do think this is kind of wild considering he was about to kill them at least a year ago, like had fathomed that, like maybe it was like he couldn't, he would never have gone through with it. I don't know. Okay. But it, it's weird that there was a shred of humanity all of a sudden that he wouldn't just let her die and like make them bury her like because no one in the real world knows that these children exist so was it him being like having an ounce of morality or was it like he really thought it would be more of a problem if she died you know getting rid of the body so he would just get her better and he really thought he could get away with having them having anybody out any somebody with no medical record that's like 20 um you know in the hospital and then just be able to bring them back home i mean i know criminals have done that but he certainly thought he had that control but the thing is he has no bond with any of these people they don't feel loyal to him at all they hate him i mean as far as the movie portrays it it's not like they feel like he loves them or like he, you know, like I said, he doesn't love bomb anyone. It's just horrifying. So anyway, um, but here's the clip um, of how, how it starts. And then, you know, basically how they end up in the hospital. And then we'll get into how that is what saves the day. Okay, so this is where they're having a party. And it's like, I think it's... I don't know, it's a football party for the for Thomas. And she's the mom's like, Oh yeah, I have a sign that says go team. Like they're bar they're like barbecuing it up up there. And meanwhile, the his daughter, like the girl is like dying downstairs in the basement. And also Sarah, like <laughs> I understand that she's supposed to be older. She is older 
they didn't need to spray gray on her hair. Um, first of all, that's not how gray hair presents, like like a frosted Halloween layer of gray hair. And also, like, <laughs> it's just like her mom doesn't, I mean, like, I don't know. It was really unnecessary. Gray hair is not necessarily going to happen, and it's not the only thing that happens when you age. <laughs> um so and she would be like 38 at this point like she wouldn't have necessarily have this much gray hair like most women that i know that are you know near 40 or early 40s they're not like fully gray <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that maybe it's because she's in a basement it just doesn't look real is what i'm saying it looks sprayed on okay sorry rant over mom what do we do <laughs> Get past this room. You just have to breathe, Marie. Even with the second base, that scored so many places. The cake that I had made that says "Go Team." <laughs> sorry, I'm probably. I gotta get some food. I'm sorry. Oh yes, yes, please. My mouth is watering right now. There you go. Thanks, Grandpa. Great candidate. Thank you. More for you, I wouldn't have uh, been inspired to show them losers what was won. He's a good kid. He said he'd come after the baseball game. He should be here. Maybe you should entertain him. <laughs> I'm gonna go get the cake. Okay. Excellent. Where the hell is he? That is not helping. Get <laughs> Help me, help me get her on her side. Help me, it's gonna be wrong. What the hell is going on here? She just had an asthma attack and she's barely breathing. She needs to go to a doctor now. No, no, we can't risk it. She's dying! What, you hate us that much? Yeah. Maybe it's for the best. <laughs> you love Thomas, don't you? He's a good kid. Yeah, okay, well, if you really care about him, you need his little sister die. <laughs> he needs to go to the hospital. She needs a doctor now. You, what's up? I know you. No, you don't. I won't say anything. I swear, I won't say anything. Please. Dad, please, just... I just want to be with her, please! Please, Daddy. Fine. Fine. We'll go to the hospital. Pick her up. You're staying. He'll die down here. No one will find him. No vaccinations, no shots, nothing? Everything's been fine until now. Okay, well, why don't you just update your contact information, and I'll make sure that the doctor comes down to see you. Thank you. All right? Yeah, thank you. Dr. Purcell, GP is online for. Whoever is paging Dr. Purcell, GP is online for. I have to go to the bathroom.
Absolutely not. You'll stay right there in that seat. Okay, so Sarah sees an opportunity here, and she knocks over the- while he's looking away so he can't see that it was intentional, she knocks over this cup of water. Stay right there. Certainly. Can we step to the side and just talk a bit? Holy shoot. It's really good. It's a very satisfying scene. Um, so, uh, hold on one second. Sorry, I needed to cough. <laughs> this is the most professional episode I've ever done. All right. Okay, so that happens. She's safe and like it's cray cray you know everything's discovered it ends up in the news obviously and you just see like the mom and the brother and the sister or thomas i guess you know um like just in shock watching the police go and and seize or and take this little this teenage boy two years older than thomas her other grandson out of her basement this boy she didn't know existed this boy that was born in that basement this boy that is the product of her husband raping their daughter over and over again you know what i mean i mean can you even imagine like would you be able to live with any of it i'm not saying it's her fault but like how would you go on like and how would you have a relationship with your daughter like again in real life not in a lifetime movie you know um so let's wrap it up 
We're going to wrap it up here. All is discovered. Hey, it's okay. Relax. Relax. Breathe. Deep breaths in and out. You're safe. You're safe. Where are we? We're at the hospital. We got out. Where's Dad? The police arrested him. He's going away for the rest of his life. We're safe. We're free. It's over. That was the mom crying, like holy fucking shit. Like she, no one's come up to her and been like, "Here's the whole story." She just, she has no idea. Like you know, she, it's just all of a sudden there's this child being taken out of her basement, and I'm sure she's been informed that her husband's been arrested. There's daughter has been found, at the very least. So yeah, so this is where we get the, the classic lifetime cheesy ending, which is like my biggest complaint with this movie. And uh, Molly McAleer, she says all the time, you know, like, <laughs> they just need to leave that part out. They need to leave the part out where they, like, everybody just, like, has a picnic and nobody's upset. And, like, it's totally fine that your children are all products of your dad and he's in jail and, like, your mom never, like, investigated him and, like, didn't come down to the basement once or wonder, like, you know just wonder a little bit more i don't know like but no it's fine and your kids are like oh it's cool that we missed those first 18 years you know plus of our lives and our trauma like traumatized forever and probably will never have like i don't know if we want to have like a real education it's going to be really hard you know we're, we're disadvantaged in most ways like but they're all just like no picnic so i'll just play that out and then we can Wrap it up. Mom, there's someone here. What do you have in that bag? It's a surprise. Oh. We talked about this once. Do you remember? House on a lake. 
I've been sorry for years. For what? Just for believing that BS story. I'm not coming to find you. I thought about you every day for 20 years. It's, it's really good to see you. I, uh, I, uh, still wanted to give you this. I've been holding on to it. Figured if you ever came back, you might like it. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, 18-year-old me put a lot of thought in that. I remember I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. Thank you. You're very welcome. What do you say? For a ride. I remember holding tight, yeah. like falling. Yeah. I could hear it through the night. Morning call, sounds of summer. Wherever I may go, wherever I may go. While I'm on here, I might as well read it. Um, 800-656-HOPE-online.rainn.org. Free, confidential, 24-7. That's RAIN, R-A-I-N-N.org. National Sexual Assault Hotline. So if anyone you know or if you yourself are being abused, don't be afraid to ask for help and reach out. Um, I'm a survivor and I know there's a lot of you out there, and it's really hard. Um, I didn't survive this kind of a trauma, but, um, you know, all of our traumas are unique, and they are all very, very impactful in our lives. And um, just if anyone ever needs help, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to DM me, um, you know. There's somebody, there's always somebody else out there that's going through something similar to what you're going through. It just doesn't feel like it when your depression is telling you otherwise. Um, or your anxiety or whatever it may be, or your abuser. There are people out there that want to help, and there are people out there that understand. End of soapbox. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this movie was a doos. Um and by that I mean doozy, not a snooze. Um, it was really, really entertaining and I think really well done. There were some parts that I thought were, you know, cheesy and I've I've pointed them out. <laughs> but um, but overall I thought they did a great job and I, I felt like it was not like the lifetime treatment in general, except kind of like the ending. But I, I like that they gave her a relationship again, you know, because it's like, God, this poor woman is like, does she ever get anything happy in her life? You know, so Chris is back and everything, and that's sweet. I have no idea if any of that is true to life. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be looking for 
like more information on this story not on this fucking creepo that did this but on the woman and like her life and i wonder if she's got if there are interviews out there i know she's uh you know not an english speaker but like still i'd be interested to see with subtitles um i don't know i'm just really really intrigued um and i liked this movie thought it was a banger so um judd nelson very effectively creepy very 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 upsetting uh, also the main girl um really talented um very understated kind of had a kate mara vibe for me um and i like that so all right so i'd say like four out of five for me yeah, for a lifetime for a lifetime movie ah, fuck it four out of five for a movie four out of five i think it's a great movie um i recommend it to whoever cares uh or whomever cares look at me grammar policing myself all right everybody thank you so much for being patient and understanding when the feed goes dry for a few weeks um i hope that that will not be happening so much because i'm balancing some stuff out and prioritizing things as far as work goes and like my, my mental health goes <laughs> and my life goes and my wedding goes so i'm you know i am prior i'm going i'm choosing to prioritize things and be more organized and have more time for things like podcasting and planning my wedding so um without further ado i guess thank you all so much um and i have a few good episodes lined up for you. I have the final episode of Hot Girls Wanted with Justine. We're going to finally do that. And then Betsy and I are covering the movie Clue, which I can't freaking wait for. And then over on Coast to Coast Cocktails, I'm about to drop Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, at least the first part um, of that episode that we have already recorded. And um, speaking of Coast to Coast Cocktails, uh, if you're a patron or if you want to become a patron um matilda and i we already have um some patreon only episode we actually have a lot on our patreon already including matilda and i talking about heathers for four hours um but have he heather <laughs> matilda and i are going to do um la la land next so um they are a huge fan. I actually hadn't seen it, haven't seen it. I was not all the way through yet. And we were going to record it tonight and I just couldn't do it because I didn't finish the movie and I wanted to give it my attention. And also, I, like I said, I'm tired. Anyways, that is all to come on the feeds. So thank you for sticking with, or if you're new, thank you for joining. Um, either way, check out the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L for lots of bonus content. And then if you want to go the extra mile, go to patreon.com slash coast to coast cocktails. And there's lots of perks on there, including really cool merch if you decide to do that. So thank you everybody and goodbye. We said goodbye, that's what you told me once. So many times we've made our peace. This is love, I'll never give you up I know you'll always come home to me Like a river, always running I keep losing you 
Take a look. 